Hello and welcome to the Quantum Home Sanctuary Summit 5. Quantum Consciousness Secrets to Decode Your Unique Genius. We have a really special guest today who is quite a genius. And there'll be a great deal of detail in his bio below, but just to keep this simple, uh, Dr. Gene Eng has a healing practice in Thousand Oaks where he practices a number of modalities, some of which he has created collaboratively with uh, various experts. And he is famous now for the Arcturian healing method. So he has gone from a Stanford University degree in biology to a a PhD at Yale. So he's a very good example of someone functioning in their genius zone to deciding to help people with energy healing and shamanic practices. And so the details of that journey uh, will be in, in the description below, but I just want to give a warm welcome to you. Jean, how are you doing today? And welcome. <laughs> Hello, Helena, and how everyone? Oh, thanks so much. I'm feeling great, and it's great to be here to share with people. And you create a great uh, sanctuary here and a dynamic uh, quantum energy for everyone to accelerate. So it's great to be part of this uh, group. Wonderful. Well, we're always happy to have you because your knowledge spans into quantum physics and brain science, and. My question, and I think the question that I always have about you is what catapulted you into finding your genius zone in Arcturian healing methods uh, to create the work you're doing now in the style you're choosing to do it? Because we're going to be giving clues here Mm -hmm. of our journey. So was there a big catalyst or a big aha moment where you woke up one day and said, ah, this is how I will heal people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I wish maybe it was like that, but I think it was more of the, uh, for me, it was more of the gradual, um, you know, approach. Uh, I think um, just step-by-step and uh, kind of following the, I guess what I would call the intuitive voice, which I think is a little bit, um, you know, what I was uh, providing as some of the techniques and uh, packages that people can um, utilize. Uh, I think we all have that inner intuition. Uh, And sometimes uh, maybe like you said, it does require a life experience where we don't have the normal answers anymore. And then we finally start listening or are are sometimes forced to listen to our own uh, inner intuition or inner voice. But I think the um, kind of development, particularly of the Arcturian healing method, which uh, I'd already been in healing by that time. Uh, so I would say over the course of uh, maybe about uh, five or six years to develop the Arcturian healing method after having been in healing was completely, uh, I would call intuitive. Like there was no uh, written sort of um, guideline, which we might have like when I did, uh, let's say my undergrad, which many people may have done or for graduate work, you know, you have this curriculum set out to you. I think the only portion of formal education, which is, I think, uh, similar to uh, what I experienced in developing the Arturian healing method, was um, the PhD work. So in that case, usually after your master's degree, which is still sort of like these are the courses you need to take, 
you're kind of left alone. <laughs> That's how it feels to discover something new. You're not completely alone because you're building on what other researchers or scientists or people in that field had done, but you have to discover something that no one else really has published or written about or uh, discovered. So there's this, this sense of um, new territory where you don't necessarily have um, this sort of set guidelines. And I think that's the, where we are now collectively. Uh, it, we're kind of forced now to, to create very new ways or paradigms of thinking Totally. And that is why, at least my guides keep saying, that is why the genius code, because in order to create something really new, you have to be aware that you have that capability. Mm, yes. That that's yes. an innate capability. And the ancient Greeks actually believed each person had a unique purpose and a unique genius. And not only that, but that they would receive a guide or guidance that would be kind of magical and take them down that road once discovered. So, so in this time where we find ourselves in a new frontier, how do you work with your own clients to have them realize that they have this unique potential to create Yes, yes. Actually, I love that that reference to the Greeks. I was thinking maybe you're referring uh, to the term a daemon, the D A I M O N. Uh, you know, the, the word demon kind of comes out of that, but in, in the sense of the Greek term daemon, it was the inspirational guide that we all have, uh, that we follow, um, you know, that's internal, that will show us kind of the way of our true, authentic self. And I think um, what you said, like in terms of working with others um, in kind of my own practice or just uh, in kind of group settings with classes and here, like on um, kind of a more open uh, platform with the telesummits, uh, I think the first thing is the recognition that we do have an inner voice, an inner uh, inspiration that we can follow. I think people are following that. And then the second thing is when you pay, start paying attention to that, it doesn't necessarily have to sound like a voice. It could just be an inner thought to notice when you are following that, almost like experientially, when you are following that voice and then what the results are versus and how that feels to you, maybe kinesthetically or some kind of uh, some type of experientially versus when you have heard that intuition and then do otherwise. Usually what we're expected to do or what maybe we even feel guilty we need to do, and then to see that result. And those are very quick. That's actually, that experience, uh, I, in my experience, teaches you faster than actually when you get it right. When you kind of hear the voice and you do like what you're expected to do and you see how maybe miserably it turns out, or like not miserably, but how like it was like, oh, this was oh, exactly no. not what I should have done. Um, that's actually shows you, oh, okay, now I know what that sound was, what that feeling was when I, when I heard my inner intuition. And then usually the next time you're much more keyed in, um, both experientially as well as motivationally to kind of follow, go ahead and follow that inner uh, voice. That's so it's that confidence. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. And that's so true that it is in the learning of not doing it. Mm -hmm. where you get that kind of bumpier ride, but as the, um, as it's like a flow, 
how yeah. would you describe it? It's a, a state of neuroplasticity or flow where, um, and, and I, I guess I like to liken it to gamma brainwaves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That when you go into that state, now it's interesting that the Greeks actually really define that, that you get a partner and the partner guides you through this. But in that flow, what have you observed stops you from follow, following it? Because I'm going to lead you into a, a series of questions so that we can explain what we've been through. So people, you know, they look at you and they think, oh, he's always been this way. He always knew that he would teach. <laughs> they just assumed you walked on the stage and it was natural to you. But <laughs> uh, so tell us about that process in a little more depth and what you, wh- how you guide clients to find that state of flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yes. I, yes. Like you said, it seems like. Um, Mm-hmm. Whenever we see someone, uh, we, we kind of make assume that the the 20, 10 or 20 years of what it took to kind of get to that point of like kind of the oak tree kind of growing from a small oak or maybe like just a little plant here. But um, yeah, I love that term flow. Actually, I think I simultaneously heard that when you said that, that that's actually if people were to go to a like a body of literature or uh, techniques now it's quite, um, you know, really there's a lot of great uh, writings and techniques on flow, the flow state. Uh, I think that's really what maybe what we're talking about here in terms of when you kind of feel like you're um, on, you're kind of following what your inner uh, voice, uh, and it's not conscious anymore. So when people are in the flow, they're not even in the state of asking, they're just acting at that point. And so I think uh, just to, down to the kind of brass tacks in terms of how to get into that state, I think one is is the is calming is somehow calming the uh, the chatter, the monkey mind, any any techniques that move a person into that uh, kind of uh, identification with the witness consciousness and not with sort of the thoughts that are going on. That always helps, and it doesn't have to be at the moment when you want to be in the flow. So that could be a separate practice where you're kind of actually ve- feeling very chaotic. A lot of times those practices, when they're most effective, when you feel they're having the most effect, like let's say it's a sitting meditation, or uh, you actually don't feel in the flow at the moment. You actually, a lot of the, those thoughts are arising. And what you're trying to train yourself is the part of you that you can identify with the witness to have all those thoughts, feelings, and emotions come up but you're still training yourself to identify with something deeper than that. That's what I think is probably one of the most uh, accelerative techniques to learning to be in the flow than in the daily life. So that's kind of a separate experience, but it's like, that's the practice time is, is that kind of more mindfulness or any type of quieting type of meditation I found has been very helpful. To both enter the genius zone and to find the the true purpose mm-hmm. that and so what are the biggest blocks that you would say that are that stop people from finding what their soul purpose is so i'll just give you a little background on even why this summit exists right now is that mm-hmm. um i spoke with i don't know hundreds of people after the last summit where they were saying that they um they felt like 
And they were people like psychologists, pediatricians, and they were at, at a high level in a career where they felt called to do something quite different. But as you can imagine, there was a huge backlash from the family and the mortgage, no, and all the issues. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they were getting, you know, and a lot of these people are, I'm sure, are still struggling with it. That's probably why they ended up, you know, some of them um, invest in our technology, but they were in this immersion in one thing, getting the messages and successful. Whoops, and now you're muted. Um, but they need to make this leap. And um, and this is why I think this actual summit exists, is that more of us need to go into the new territory and create new things. So mm-hmm. what are the, what is like the number one or two things that you see blocking people from, let's say, a pediatrician who feels she should start practicing holistically? Um, what's the number one block and how do we resolve that? How do we move through that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's a great question, and I and I uh, know what you're referring to experientially. So, like when I yes um, went from the, the similar uh, personal experience would be when I was a postdoc, uh, stepping into healing. So um, yeah, <laughs> I think a lot of people could imagine that, and maybe imagine like, no, I would not do have done that. Um, so because uh, that that's a little bit like uh, metaphorically or literally like when you are hang gliding and you're just about to jump off the cliff with no glider. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but uh, or some uh, some you know. Uh, <laughs> level of uh, glider or uh, you're not even sure if the glider is going to work uh, kind of feeling. Uh, yes. So I think to identify that one would be this sense of security. I actually, I think it is, it's maybe, um, uh, I think it, I think one of the, th- there's a lot of things I think that can go on, but one of them, like you did uh, come to maybe one to say is like how other people are going to think about us. Mm. You know, like, uh, yeah, um, I mean, just to say, like, personally, I remember it wasn't something that affected me. I remember so one of my clients early on, you know, <laughs> like, um, so like, uh, what does your wife think about this? You know? <laughs> like, how does she, because she's in science, like, how does she tell her colleagues, like, what you're doing? And I didn't, like, I don't even know if I answered it, but that's exactly what I think people are worried about. Like, you know, what are the people who were in your old paradigm? going to think about when you enter, you're feeling the soul call and enter the new paradigm. And um, I think that is part of, that is the, I would say it's part of the initiation challenge. If you look at it as a spiritual Uh initiation uh, for ourselves as practitioners, the thing is if, uh, if you can't make that leap, which is okay, then (laughs) when, (laughs) when people come to find you, I think the way, I mean, we can say this, this is just what, how I think about it. If there are spiritual guides and beings, if you're going to make that leap over, you have to get through that initiation challenge in order to be able to help the people who will find you when you're on the other side. Well, I love because, that. Yes, because they will have to have, those people who usually find you are are facing that. So if you, I'll give you another example. Um um, th- there was a promoter um, who uh, wanted to promote the Arcturian healing method uh, in a very fairly conservative area. 
but um, she didn't want to call it the Arcturian healing method <laughs> because of the, you know, the what would have happened if uh, people had to hear, like, what is exactly the Arcturian? Uh, so she just wanted to go by the initials, AHM. And I knew that that, that was great. I, I let that be because that was where, but I knew that that, that wouldn't take root. That, that because there's something about, uh, you know, it's fine. Like when I, when people come to the classes, I'm like, you could call it whatever you want because I know everyone's at a different place. But if it comes down to the person who has to anchor that energy, which I'm talking about the practitioners who would make the step, they have to uh, have the challenges so they can stay anchored in what their new paradigm is. If they're kind of um, going to like be a way shore or someone who will help people in their transition. So if they're still concerned about uh, their appearance, uh, then that's fine. But they, there's a certain role that um, uh, the initi- initiation challenge is allowing you to take in order to be sort of in sort of like, okay, uh, my personality self, I can sacrifice for for something else. I don't know if I'm getting at the point. Oh, yeah, I, I, no, you, I'm getting that the initiation, that that step is part, it's, it's initiation by fire. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to be true to yourself, true to what your download is, and you really want to expand, you have to forego some of these impressions that people will have and realize they're very fleeting these impressions that they have of you and they can change also. So when you're all of a sudden like a best-selling author, near to, all of a sudden it's a different thing. Right. But I think what you're saying, it's a, and it's in order to do it, you're going to go through that initiation, that fire, that trial by fire. And <laughs> if you're not ready for it, it's okay. We give you the space. Maybe you'll be ready in the next life or 10 years from now. We'll, we'll give you the space. It's, there's no judgment because what I, I'm trying to convey um, that the messaging that I'm receiving is that it's key to the planet mm-hmm. that people with this knowledge step forward now. It wasn't so key in the past. Mm. It's been hidden, as a matter of fact, for thousands of years, possibly 16,000 years. Mm-hmm. One of the speakers is saying, she's saying it's the end of an Atlantean mm. cycle. Mm-hmm. And it takes some courage, I think is what Jean's saying, and some detachment from perception, realizing it's fleeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is where I want to make this a point because this is where so many get stuck and lead lives of frustration. Mm-hmm. Because when the road opens up, I think what Dr. Jean is saying, when the road opens up, it's opened up for a reason. It does take courage to go and take that walk. Mm-hmm. But many things open up people with different consciousness who embrace you and also may have far more influence than the ones that are trying to repress you. (laughs) So you have to realize that, and this is what the Greeks knew, is that when you embrace that destiny or that soul purpose, there are rewards that are far greater. Now, there's a price that we all paid I was at my son's wedding. I have a great way where he was. We were downstairs. He was showing us the house that he bought. 
in Denver. And it was the first night and he used the word woo-woo because he's in finance. <laughs> and we just kind of laughed, actually. <laughs> it was just kind of funny. But um, you, you realize that the impressions are fleeting because even in the course of those, that four-day wedding, it's a weekend kind of destination, boulder wedding, his friends turned around and said, you have the coolest mom. So there was the change of the paradigm that he was worried about what they thought. And suddenly he really realized things had changed that much. Even his friends were, no, this is really cool stuff. We're into the, and so I think what we need to, um, what we're trying to explain here is that these steps that you're taking are part of your expansion and the tide will turn and it is the initiation, but it's in that boldness, in that courage that you find yourself, wouldn't you say? Like just, well, this is what I believe. Yes, it was considered woo-woo, but however, quantum physics is not woo-woo. <laughs> not any longer anyway. It's pretty proven. <laughs> so so I, I, I think it's very important based on these conversations. And also, um, I wanted to ask you, when you did this, I know you have children as well, because that is an issue that some of the people are bringing, is mm -hmm. that the children also, when you embrace your destiny, don't you find that courage that it took, don't, how has that impacted the lives and consciousness of your children? I think this is very important for people to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm kind of reminded in the, one of the teachers I studied with, it was a spiritual teacher, I think it's Samuel Sagan, who started Clarivision, was mm -hmm. saying that, um, uh, and, and uh, psychologists and, and child psychologists here may, who may be listening can kind of see what they're also thinking, is that the children actually pick up not so much what the parents say, it's more like what you're saying, uh, it's who they are, and it's their... Um, uh, subconscious uh, thoughts and it's sort of just their way of being actually what gets really transmitted rather than um, like do this, do that, or, or kind of more from the uh, discursive mind. And I think Samuel Sagan was saying a lot was being passed in from the subtle bodies, if you have that model, like from the etheric and astral body. So, um, you know, like it, it's tough to say what my children actually receive from me because I'm so much in this role right now. Uh, but I think uh, like what I've um, kind of experienced is that um, uh, like I've always just given uh, uh, my kids or kids in general and also uh, just their space to be who they are. Mm -hmm. So like I'm very interested in, in spirituality and so forth. But um, that isn't something necessarily that I all of a sudden like present uh, to my kids. I just sort of let them be like a little, like I would call normal. And then, you know, as they're interested, maybe then, and then I'll share things. So that's kind of been my experience with that. But uh, they're picking up, well, of course, and they've been recording you from the womb to age seven anyway. So we, right. <laughs> whatever we are passing through and in this, so if we see this as finding your genius as a primary spiritual path, which I think is where, uh, and you know, honestly, to be very honest with you, um, this was downloaded at the beginning of the last summit. This is what you have to talk to and talk about. Mm -hmm. And 
it is because people have been so held back mm-hmm. by fall and repressed by following codes that really don't work for them. Mm-hmm. And the idea now is to gently allow those to fall away, some of the coding and the DNA coding that is no longer serving us and allow this thriving, this potential but t- and taking the risk of it. So um, on this journey, I, I, one big question comes to me is when you found your own blocks in, in, and you started at times tripping or really doubting yourself, what was the one practice you would use with yourself and with your clients? The one thing that assisted you, the one hack or process? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I guess what I was thinking uh, also, and then just to answer that question directly was, uh, sometimes I think what um, our biggest, what we would say failures, uh, is what allows people to have the courage later. And so the, those are sometimes the biggest steps forward. Yes. <laughs> so it's kind of like uh, they, they happen at different moments, but um, but uh, but sometimes when you can see this map and I think it is uh, what we're really talking about is, a, uh, like you said, a deep initiation process and challenge. And I love how you use the of trial by fire and there can either be other trials like trial by water, trial by air. And these are usually trials where you don't have any other. And this is what I was kind of getting at with the Ph.D. process the genius process, and then this process of like creating the Arcturian healing method, which happened over five years, uh, was that you don't have anything in the external world that shows you exactly what to do. So you then have to turn all the, then you're kind of forced. It's like a hero's journey or a heroine's journey. You're forced to follow your internal voice uh, or your inner guidance because there's there's no other template out there. I think that's where we a lot yeah, where we are in, in, in almost like on a global scale, which is a great thing because then uh, huge new emergences, like you said, of uh, prosperity or benefit that we couldn't even imagine uh, come from that. And like you said, there, there would have been uh, there was no goal to create Arcturian healing method, you know, back when I, you know, in high school where you're like, let's let's, you know, conquer the world kind of uh, motivation or but anyways. Um, so back to the question, I think um, reflecting on kind of what technique, I think it was kind of coming in and kind of asking again, it could be a journaling process, I may have done a journaling process, or it just might have been asking like, what's the next one thing I need to do? Because it usually is like that, when you're sort of cornered, in a sense, like you have no other, uh, no one's going to be supporting you externally. It, the, the, I think the angels set you up that way. No external uh, support and sometimes no internal support. Like you can't hear your guides anymore. And they, they shut off for a while because it's a little bit like this for people who are at the stage where they have a lot of guides. Sometimes you'll get to a point where the guides stop talking because it's the same thing of like... Um, like someone uh, like a child, like you're like if you are a parent or working with children, where if your children are always asking you somewhere like in high school or college, let's say they're in college, they're still asking you the same questions that they did when they were in high school or before, and you're still giving them the answers. They can't get from college to like young adulthood. 
Yeah. They need that period where you're not you're not giving them any more guidance. And then they may stumble around for a while, but then they're following, they figure it out for themselves. And then they can kind of stand on their own two feet or they can start running on their two feet. I think that happens spiritually. Like sometimes the guides stop so that you can uh, start running on your two feet spiritually. That is absolutely an essential key that, and you might feel cut off. Then they're also giving you space to make some choices. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, and to develop just like a PhD, you're in a PhD program. When you take on your genius and there, there's no roadmap. It's true. It comes and one day you're going to fail and one day and or f- feel like it's not working. And um, for years, for example, I tried to explain to people about our technology and I would try to explain scalar energy and people would have that cross-eyed look like, oh my God, what is she talking about? I want to run away. You know, if it was an in-person kind of event. So Um, And it was actually what happened over time was things shifted on planet Earth where people understood more Mm. subtle energy. And Mm -hmm. what happens with the guidance team, would you say, is that they have a, and this is something, this is very profound, actually. It is like parenting. They have an approach and then allow, approach, Mm -hmm. allow. And Mm -hmm. it's very important when you start to find, uncover the truth of who you're, why you're here at this time, to Mm -hmm. heed that understanding that there'll be times when you feel very alone Mm -hmm. and times when you're figuring out something that could take you a long time, actually. It could happen like that and could be very accelerated. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel as though now the push is accelerated. Like when when you started doing this, when did you start? How many years ago would you have started the new, the energy healing and the shamanic healing, the Arcturian healing? Was that 20, 10 years ago? 2008. And okay, then- so almost like 13 years ago and see then it was a bit slower the energy Mm -hmm. wasn't quite as pushy or spiky Mm -hmm. Uh, now the as people tap in um are you observing with your clients that there's a um there's a push and then uh, a lot of support can come in as well then Mm -hmm. the periods of being alone are a little more advanced i think actually when you're, but there's a there's a push and an acceleration now, possibly even manifesting, you know, greater prosperity or a sense of peace. So, uh, so this is this is something I've actually never heard anybody talk about this exactly. I realize. So, when you decode their story, do you have a way to decode? So, you know, so I'm developing this belief now from the Syrian High Council. By the way, I think it's that humanity is supposed to thrive now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you and I as leaders and all the other speakers as leaders are here to decode the people that come to us so we can help them to thrive. Mm-hmm. So have you figured out some, you know, we use sound and voice analysis and mm-hmm. <laughs> quantum machines, but what what have you figured out as a way to decode so we can, you know, jump on this boat together and ride 
um, you know, the wave of ascension or awakening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the form, uh, you know, that I'm spending my most time with now is uh, mostly like uh, transmissions. Like there's an example, like the the free example of those transmissions that it's a free gift. Oh, transmissions. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we were talking about like uh, my schedule uh, before this, where I'm just basically um, holding, it would be like holding a tone. But it's an inner tone. It's an inner frequency. And um, what I think is really ultimately happening is, is it's a letting people remember their own inner tone. So um, some people stay for, you know, a certain amount of time you know, uh, through the trainings. Some people come and then go and do their something else and then come back. Or, or some people come once and then they go. But um, I think what gets left as a code, an energetic code, is not anything external. It's something like, oh, okay. Uh, this is who who I am, and that that's completely all right. That's kind of what the <laughs> ultimate message is. I think that's coming through from like the Arcturians or these energies, and and somehow then that trust that you're talking about, the courage, which doesn't have to be some huge event like and some scary event, but just the courage, like yeah, this is it. Like like I feel good, and this is okay. Like I can do this because it feels good. Yes, uh, and, and uh, I think that's what we need. That's exactly what you said. What we're where we're all moving towards, like, um, is uh, actually just saying, like, you know, the things that make me feel good, I'm I'm good with doing that. I mm-hmm. love that because that is exactly it. It starts to feel good. It's like catching, catching the the wave, riding the surfboard, and even if it's a little uh, choppy, let's say you, it's you can when you're in your own tone. And, and by the way, you're very good at transmitting the energetic space <laughs> because you see that Dr. Dean has a way, he has a way of transmitting the frequency of what he's saying in silence. I, I see that. Um, but when we're when we find that unique tone, there is a sense of well-being. That I think that's the big thing. And it's not about being smart or like genius, people think, but that's not the way the Greeks looked at genius. The word genius is actually more connected to your soul purpose, who you truly are. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> but w- the way it, you can experience it is just by when you start doing this thing, it feels good. I remember when I discovered my mission and purpose was in soul and tone. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, I've been a psychologist already for years, but I saw limited results with talk therapy, all kinds of talk therapy. And uh, even, you know, meditation, it wasn't hitting because I was psychically sensitive. It wasn't hitting all those samskaras that I could see in the energy field. It wasn't dissolving them. And when I heard my my mission was in sound and tone, I felt this tremendous peace. And then everyone that I met felt like a family member. Mm-hmm. It was inside, and they were all, you know, super like Don Campbell, kind of all very unique beings, walking paths that no one had prescribed. Um, so it, this is a key distinction for people. It starts to feel right, and that's where you disengage from judgment mm-hmm. that it that in your center and in your energy field. So let's talk a bit about that. I recently had this experience with, it was interesting, three professionals, and I was trying to explain to them that the coding in their energy field was was trying to propel them into a different way of doing their work, basically. And uh, how do we 
how do we reassure people emotionally that Mm -hmm. this is a safe passage during this time and that Mm -hmm. they will receive the support? Mm -hmm. How do we reassure people in this massive transition? Because some people have told me their family thinks they're crazy. Mm -hmm. They've left their corporate job. They were making six figures and they left... And their family thinks they're, you know, their family thinks that they're really having emotional issues. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you yeah. assure them? Yeah, no, I think that's that's a great uh, point. And, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, I think, I think it's coming back again a lot to these, this, um, this initiation um paradigm and there there are initiations which i've you know you know different ways of thinking of it but they consider that the warrior initiation the one you just described which um mm-hmm. which i know like you said people are experiencing and there's other ones of course that we maybe um touched on but where uh yes you kind of uh, know your truth but then those even closest to you it could be even your partner or something they they uh they become they become the messenger to make it through the initiation. Like, so they have to act. And if you saw it like a play, you know, or like a movie, they have to be the one, it has to be someone so close to you that it, it is a challenge. Like if it was just like, you know, the mailman or so, you know, or the male woman, or, you know, or someone just down the street said, Oh, you're doing something kind of weird. And that, that might not even touch you at that point. But if it's like your partner or like your family member who you really respected or followed as in your younger years, then that really makes you kind of have to uh, make that choice. I think we're talking to, I mean, like you said, that would be a very advanced group who's going through that. That's the first thing to know that it's not, um, that doesn't happen right away. Uh, But somewhere down when you've kind of gone through your path for quite a while, you you will have to make that step. And, uh, And then I think the best thing is to thank those people those people who are the challenge, like the one, like your family member who's like saying, yeah, like what's going to happen with the six foot, like, you know, how are you going to earn money? You know, that kind of really kind of hits you at the heart, depending on how valuable that, that perception of yourself was, you know, to be productive economically. And, but to really thank them because they're not, it's not them. If you look at it, this larger perspective, they, it's like um, the, the a teacher gave me this analogy that I thought was helpful it's like when you go to take the SAT, the person administering, giving you like the pen and pencil when it, when it was back to the, now everyone just takes it online. But when, you know, when you handed out those bubble sheets and you had to fill the things out, it, the proctor, the family member is really working you. It's just the proctor. They're just delivering the universe's test to you. That's how you can look at it. Uh-huh. And you can just be very uh-huh. thankful that someone could step in that into that role probably was decided before we were born. If you want to, you know, if we want to go to that level of you know soul um, uh, plan, but um, I think that's very helpful and that actually gets you through in a graceful way. Yes, yes, and it encourages you to strengthen your faith in yourself. But the proctor, I like that, or what is it? Two more to calls it the bus stop conversations. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that encourage you and defeat you and encourage you. And yes, and also to see that that's a reflection of our conditioning and of ourselves as the mirror. And so in the world of quantum physics, because you are a great quantum physicist, <laughs> a, an energetically oriented quantum physicist, <laughs> meaning you're doing energy healing, 
how do how do we show people that in that field there is unlimited abundance and that's why when you have that kind of faith or trust you you'll know but how would you it can be scientific or non-scientific language mm-hmm. give them this one way to access that field of ultimate knowing or s- some people are calling that source now but we like the word quantum <laughs> oh, yeah. so how do we because it is in that field of infinite potential that you will find your genius actually you have it in your energy field right but you can draw upon resources that are way beyond the imagination of most of humanity and things mm-hmm. can happen instantaneously and be very accelerated if we are able to show you how to access this field mm-hmm. how do mm-hmm. we do that Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, I was thinking about this, and this may be something creative that's coming down just in our conversation here. Sorry about that. Yeah. But is, is um, yes, every in a sense, our perception is creating the reality we're experiencing. So just back to that example, as soon as you shift, and, and it could just have been hearing someone else like like our conversation. Yeah, the person who's like really been bothering me about the path I'm on. They're actually the proctor. Oh, I should be thankful to them. In that instant, your whole universe has just changed. If you kind of got it, you 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 quantumly shifted your consciousness, and now like that person might become like your best, the best person who's actually helping you along your path, and then simply open up. Like everything's like easy. It was always easy. That's (laughs) so. It's like how like exactly what you said. How do you make that shift? And sometimes that is just um, to maybe make this into a technique, although it doesn't have to be. It's like the gratitude piece. Like like if I were to call it something, it's like all of a sudden you're like grateful for this person, and that just shifted your whole reality in that one instant. Uh, and that's why that's become so popular. I don't know, popular, uh, but yes, popular as a technique, you know, uh, the grateful, gratitude, and <laughs> so forth. But if we talked about it quantumly, what it's doing is it's it's making a, a shift in our consciousness or our focus. And in our physiology as well. Oops. <laughs> I'm getting some background <laughs> feedback. There's quantumly coming in from the quantum field. I want to say that. I've I've discovered this one thing that has gotten me through it, which is laughter. Mm -hmm. Like, so I just realized that what did I do in my, and I forget what I said. It was, was, I laughed when uh, I heard the word woo woo. I just thought it was hysterical and that released the endorphins. And also it makes everybody realize I don't take it seriously at all. I mean, you can, if you want to, but (laughs) this is just my (laughs) shtick, use it or not. But yeah. So, so I would say, yeah, um, and that lights us up. So mm-hmm. lighting, being light, I think, about what we're doing is mm-hmm. not to take it so, uh, that's one thing I always tell our clients, actually, is, you know, don't make this into the next religion or the next, just, you know, it's just fun and something that might help a little. And, <laughs> and right, so it's the, the inevitable lightness of being is very quantum as well, mm-hmm. since we're... <laughs> So I think that's what I found out is that I used to take it like, I think when I was, you know, way back when I used to take it all very seriously, like, and I probably could never have um, hosted Summit because I probably thought this was better than that, you know, that whole thing. And now I see it all as this huge puzzle where each person has to find their, their genius, their part, their 
seed. Mm-hmm. So you're giving away a beautiful gift. It actually, I was, I thought you were going to say the seed, the gift that you're giving away. It appears to me part of the puzzle in that, I don't know, I just read it and it seems like it would help you to access the quantum field because you're looking and you're also your energy field, which I think one of the key things we're saying is that your energy field is actually multifaceted. Mm. And when you develop a connection with the causal body and therefore the quantum field, you have access you know, you could have this genius idea in the middle of the night, just run with it for the rest of your life mm-hmm. um, or be walking down the street, walking your dog or taking your kid to school. And because that's how rich the quantum field is, there's it's and that's how rich your field is. And especially the people listening to these summits, they're very old souls. Mm-hmm. So tell us about your mm-hmm. gift and how that help, will help people to access their quantum reality. Yeah, yeah. Now, the, the, that transmission, uh, it's called the seed, Arcturian seed and pattern transmission. Mm-hmm. You could call it like a, a clairvoyance activation. Uh, it's a clairsentience mm-hmm. activation. Uh, so this idea, like you said, that the seed being like these pack thoughts that, like you mentioned, are available to our superconscious or other higher aspects of our consciousness. When we can quiet ourselves, which was just to maybe tie some of the things that we talked about, like I mentioned, maybe some kind of contemplative or meditative technique I found to be very effective to to kind of get into the flow state is when you can quiet yourself, then you can you can unpack those packed thoughts coming from if you want to call it your soul or from guides or from a higher quantum reality. And that could be an idea, like you said, that you could re- unpack for the, you know, for the remainder of your life as a as a beneficial tool or a beneficial program for reaching others. And so, yeah, so this, tr- and so I call those pack thoughts. And, and just to give a little energetic physiology around it, it's usually this first chakra above your head. When you develop that um, chakra, it's about six to 12 inches or 15 mm-hmm. to 30 centimeters. Yeah, when you develop that center, you can um, develop this direct knowing with what I call pack thoughts. It's like those inspirational packets of tremendous yeah. amount of inf- information. And then if you look at your energy field and the chakras, like when you come down here, which the transmission will also do, like this chakra kind of uh, works with more subtle energies. They consider this higher clairvoyance, but like seeing uh, auras or seeing subtle energies you know, so this is like intuitive knowledge. This would be like clairvoyant knowledge. And so this transmission basically is activating those two centers for people kind of to help them jumpstart, awaken that. And I think, like you said, that's kind of where I think uh, now globally, like you said, maybe 1600 years ago, it was uh, maybe even a secret or more like, you know, just for um for a few uh, initiates or whatever you might have described that. Now I think globally people are, and like children, like we mentioned, are coming in who already have these centers developed. They just need it jump-started again, or it's just there already uh, because they were already in a previous life, maybe even like a decade ago, they were an adult (laughs) in another life who was doing a lot of spiritual work. And now they're getting to bear their uh, fruit of uh, in this next life. 
So. Oh, absolutely. A lot of the that, that's one of the other purposes of this summit. The message behind the message in the quantum home sanctuary is the children are asking not to be shut down. So mm. it's more it's already activated in them, and they. Mm. They, you know, I was a child psychologist, child and family, but they they started coming in saying, you know, tell the parents to try not to to have them shut down, so then mm-hmm. they can retain that connection. So that's a big key. Uh, that if we open this center, this center, and the one right above the head, you actually receive this information. You might experience it. Like I've always been a clairsentient, clairaudient type, mm-hmm. less clairvoyant. Because I find that um, some things that you can see are scary in the spirit realm. Some, you know, I've seen all kinds of things and it seems like I shut that down when I don't want to see, you know, let's say I was in Boston staying overnight and there was hangings that was at the Meridian Hotel. And I spent the whole night watching this movie. And that Mm -hmm. was when I went to some master and they shut it down. So what what Dr. Eng is saying is that um, by using his gift you, which is in the link below, (laughs) you can activate these centers that have been dormant in humanity for, there's a little, 6,000 to 16,000 years ago. In Atlantis, they were very active um, up until Grecian times when the third eye was actually shut down. Mm. Uh, Atlantis, it was all open and above. And this Mm. is what the real, when we say activate genius, we're saying activate your causal body, find your purpose, start realizing you're unbelievably powerful and use these tools that we're giving you. And so in closing, this has been always a journey talking with you. Um, how do people reach you? And um, we'll have links below, of course. But if you would like to work with Dr. Eng, there'll be links below to his gifts and also ways to reach him. And your site is your website? Uh, Arcturian Healing Method, all one word, dot com. Uh-huh. Arcturian, thank you so much. And as always, we have taken a journey <laughs> into the quantum field and back. And I want to thank you for being with us today and sharing your energy and frequency. Uh, thanks. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.